BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Ben, for the final time, please stop calling me boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 10th. Happy Friday. Is moments away, but before we get going, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, sponsor this program, as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, so the audio's good, but now I guess uh, the, the video's blurry. I'm getting Brian the video tech in here as we uh, get today's show going. Uh, by the way, if you're in a union or you own a business and you want to sponsor this program, we'd love to have you. Unless you're running some shady operation, then, I don't know, you can keep your money. But if you're listening and you'd like to sponsor, boy, reach out and we'll make that happen. All right, Ben, hit him with that song of the day. I heard this song coming in to work today when I was driving. My hands went on a wheel, but that's not the song I'm going to sing. It's just another brick in the wall. It turns out you know the song. I was shocked yeah, way Pink before Floyd. your time. Man, I love that song. What a great song. And what's the last line? It goes, how can you how, how can you eat your pudding if you haven't eaten your meat? What is the line? I don't know. It sounds gross. <laughs> One of our, somebody's got, Frank's got to know that. You can't have your pudding unless you've eaten your meat. (laughs) Whatever. Aren't you glad you got audio now, guys? (laughs) All right. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, That's funny, man. (laughs) The Ben Jarofsky show starts right now. Thank goodness it is Friday, January 10th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Ben, it's, hey, uh, how can you have your pudding if you haven't eaten your meat? Yes, who said that? That's Stephen. Stephen. Today on the program, it's another Romana Rundown with Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein. The Illinois political know-it-alls, Dan Pogoshelsky and Jacob Kaplan return, and it's the return of McHenry County Committeeman, Peter Janko. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Emperor Trump Friday. And here's why. So the week began, D, with the discovery, well, the discussion, we already discovered it, that our president, Donald Trump, the man that America decided was most qualified and best suited to lead the free world. Don't blame no me. Collusion. I didn't vote for him. Uh, the, the man that America decided, one more time, no collusion, to lead the free world and decided it was a good idea to assassinate uh, the top general in Iran and uh, a country we're not currently at war with, though if President Trump gets his way, it may end up in a war with Iran. Anyway, Trump's assassination of General Soleimani raised all kinds of important constitutional questions, such as, does the president have the right uh, to kill the leader of a country, uh, even if we're not at war with that country? If the president does have the right to do so, is he obligated to let Congress know that would be the other branch of government in on his plans before he executes them? Three, has he given any thought to the collateral consequences of killing the top Iranian general. You know, like, will this will, le- will this lead to a counterattack by Iran? If so, where will that counterattack come from? You said who, that was number three, right? Yes. Who number three. <laughs> who will pay the consequences for him deciding that it was a good idea just on his own to kill uh, the top general in Iran? So was there any kind of study, investigation, discussion, analysis, anything remotely resembling a thought before he decided it was a good idea to kill the top general in Iran? Well, here we are at the end of the week, and the president has weighed in 
with some answers to these all-important questions. His answers come in the form of a speech he gave at a campaign rally yesterday in Ohio. And it didn't get a lot of coverage. This country is becoming curiously indifferent to the campaign rallies of Donald John Trump, the man that we decided was a good idea to have run the free world. Uh, I My knowledge of the rally comes in the form of an article that appeared in the Chicago, today's Chicago Sun-Times. Trump killing of Soleimani was, quote, American justice. So that answers our first question. Does he have the right? Yes. He declares he has the right to do it. Uh, it is called American justice. All right. Uh, does he have to alert Congress? Uh, and uh, if so, uh, where what constitutional provision can he cite to say uh, he has the right to do this unilaterally without congressional approval? And he weighs in saying, yes, he has the right. And no, he doesn't know if there's a constitutional proviso that says he has the right because he doesn't care. Here's exactly what he said. Quote, we got a call. We heard where the general was. He knew the way he was getting there. I have no idea what that means. We didn't have time to call Nancy. That would be Nancy Pelosi, who isn't operating with a full deck. Ah, there we go. <laughs> he's, she's not operating with a full deck. Uh, and uh, by the way, while he's at it, he's going to make fun of Adam Schiff, who has nothing to do with the, the killing of Soleimani, but of course is the head of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, which was overseeing the impeachment process. And he says about Adam Schiff that he has a pencil neck all right so if the uh if he has decided that the uh speaker of the house nancy pelosi is what how's he put it is not operating with a full deck and if he has decided that adam schiff has a pencil neck then he is not obligated to tell them at all about his plans to kill the uh top general in iran regarding uh regardless of the consequences he's president so he gets to say so did he consider the collateral damage no. For that matter, my friends, he didn't consider anything. He said he was given the word that where the general was, and he said that's within my right to kill the general, and if you don't like it, F you. Essentially, that speech yesterday was two giant middle fingers raised in the air to the Democrats, to Congress, to American people, to anybody who dares to disagree with them. It's arrogance, but this is why the president is so arrogant. I can almost understand why the president is so arrogant. He's very confident. Our system of government, uh, in our electoral system, it's not popular vote. It is, of course, electoral college. President Trump has figured out, doesn't take much, to, uh, that he has virtually ev the, the election sewn up because, what, four-fifths of the electoral votes are under his control. The election will come down to essentially three states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. As long as he's persuaded most of the people in those states to vote for him, it doesn't matter how many people in California or Illinois or, or, or even Texas, for that matter, vote against him. He gets to be the president of the United States. He lost the last election by 3 million votes. He could lose this election by 10 million votes. It won't matter. He's free to do whatever he wants, regardless of what the majority of the people in this country say, because of our system of government, folks. First thing I would advise Democrats is to do something about that system of government. And of course, that's the last thing on their mind. They're not paying attention to it at all. I guess they're hoping that what? They can just outlast Donald Trump as he gives them the middle finger. Let's, uh, let's review. Uh, Congress has subpoenaed uh, documents and witnesses from the Trump administration. He has defied those. Uh, Congress has insisted that he should notify them in advance of his intentions to kill top generals of countries throughout the world. He's defied them. Uh, moreover, he's declared that he's the right to kill absolutely anyone in the world, regardless of the consequences or the blowback or... Uh, what the Constitution says about the division, the different branches of government, he has that right because he has given it to himself, apparently, and he's very confident that the American people, at least the American people who live in states like Wyoming, Alabama, Idaho, Montana, what else, Louisiana, South Carolina, apparently these are the only states that really matter in our country anymore. Uh, he feels he has the right to do whatever he wants because the voters in those states will re-elect him. And it doesn't matter what people in Illinois or California or New Jersey or New York have to say. That's just the way it is. He's our emperor, folks. We didn't elect a president. We elected an emperor. We now live in the kingdom of Trump. We got a great show no today, everybody. Romano Hussein will be here from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed. It's another Romano Rundown. We have a lot to talk. We'll talk about the uh, pending 
defamation case against Donald Trump. This didn't get a lot of news. It's sort of been lost in the shuffle. Uh, but a writer named E. Jane Carroll, E. Jean Carroll, uh, has accused, accused President Trump of uh, raping her. Uh, Trump laughed her off, dismissed her, said she was a crackpot, etc., and so forth. She countered with a defamation lawsuit against Trump. Uh, Trump immediately moved, had his lawyers moved to, to have the case dismissed on a technicality, having to do whether or not he made the comments in New York, because that's where the case was filed. The judge in New York ruled against Trump. The case is uh, pursuing. So it's an interesting one more thing for the Republicans to consider. We were talking yesterday about the Democrats. Here's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. We were talking yesterday about the story that's breaking here in Chicago and Illinois about Michael McClain, who was a confidant to Michael Madigan, uh, writing seven years ago an email uh, to uh, on behalf of some unknown employee in the bowels of Patrick uh, Quinn's administration, saying he helped with like, containing news about a rape in Champaign. Um, Democrats everywhere throughout the state, myself included, are calling for an investigation. Let's see what this is about. Did Democrats uh, bury evidence of a rape in Illinois? That's how Democrats treat, treat uh, allegations of rape. On the Republican side, the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the country, the leader of the Republican Party, the man with whom the, to whom the Republicans bow down in deference, has been accused of rape. What are Republicans doing? Absolutely nothing. They continue to bow down to him. So it's a very interesting contrast between how Republicans and Democrats uh, respond to allegations of rape. We'll be talking about that with Romano Hussein. Peter Jenko will be here in McHenry County uh, Democratic Committee. He's bringing a mystery guest, uh, Peter just returned from Iowa. Huge. Huge Bernie fan. Uh, we don't have enough Bernie fans on this show, huh, D? We, no. uh, we're reaching out to Joe Biden people. Come on. Can we do any Joe Biden people out there? Uh, but uh, Peter, Pat Quinn. The, the aforementioned. We should bring Pat Quinn back and talk to him, if nothing else, about what went down 12 years ago uh, with that matter of uh, the, the, the alleged rape in Champagne. We should bring Pat Quinn back. Yes, good idea. There's an alderman, too. Uh, Rod Sawyer. Rod Sawyer is another uh, Joe Biden. We'll reach out to Rod Sawyer, see if they come on and defend uh, old Joe Biden. Grandpa Joe, as Dennis likes to call him. Dennis is uh, becoming more and more of a fan of Joe Biden as uh, the days pass. Anyway, I tell you, you just paint a lot of pictures for old Dennis. I love Mayor Pete. Joe Biden's my guy. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, uh, who else do you love? I can't remember at the moment. Anyway, uh, oh, Michael Bloomberg. You're a big, huge on oh, Michael yeah. Bloomberg. Yeah. And, uh, so Peter Jake will be coming in and uh, talking about my things Bernie and Iowa uh, and then the political know-it-alls we'll close out there. I love it when the political know-it-alls come in uh, Jacob Counts, uh, Kaplan and Danny Pogoshelsky and we'll be uh, talking about um, the, the way delegates are selected we're gonna take a deep dive in uh, delegate selection nominating petition challenges real geeky political stuff that you got to know if you want to know how the game is played so the political know-it-alls will be here and they'll be sharing their knowledge of the political system with you but before we do any of that Young man from Alton, Illinois, the man who is widely known throughout the state of Illinois these days as Dr. Doobie with the news. Uh, we're just <laughs> leaning in on that one in the year 2020, huh? In the year 2020. How's it going, everybody? Name's Dennis. Not a doctor, not Dr. Doobie, <laughs> none of that. Just Dennis. <laughs> All right, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. And today on the program, we are going to all of our friends on the Benny J Show live stream chat. By the way, if you're listening via download at the moment, thank you. But we encourage you to join us live sometime. We go live on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time. Put us on uh, while you're at work. If you can, please don't get fired listening to us. <laughs> or if you just find yourself with a day off of work, join us for a live Ben Jarofsky show. Hear the bad or awkward parts that I edit out. And if you're feeling crazy, say <laughs> hey to Stephen, Brianna, Pat, Rod, Kyle, and the rest of the crew. Participate in the live stream chat. We talk politics. We have trolls every now and again. We make fun of Ben. Sometimes there's no audio. I panic. I fix it. The video is apparently blurry at the moment. I get called Dr. Doobie. It's a great time. Mm -hmm. And Dr. D. All of it. And white lightning. Never Dennis. Once again, <laughs> Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time on both Chicago Reader and Sun-Times websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. All right. So to those currently with us in the chat, we'd like you to help us out. And if this goes well, we'll make this a reoccurring thing. So don't screw it up, guys. I have no public events listed this afternoon for our Democratic Illinois Governor, J.B. Pritzker. It's a rainy Friday afternoon. Live stream chat. We're going to you. Tell us, what is J.B. Pritzker doing 
at this moment right now. What is J.B. Pritzker doing right now? That's the question we're asking you on the live stream chat. We'll be reading your comments after the news. And speaking of, it's time for a 2020 Cook County State's Attorney Candidate Update, Ben. Okay. Yeah, in case you weren't aware, when it comes to the 2020 Cook County State's Attorney election, oh, it's on. <laughs> Through two campaign ads in the span of seven days, and of course, a crapload of money, one candidate this week officially moved to the head of the pack as the top challenger to incumbent Kim Fox. He's Bill Conway. He's a former assistant state's attorney under Richard Devine and Anita Alvarez, a former U.S. Naval Intelligence officer. And if you ask this podcast producer, he's a bro. <laughs> and people, the bro train came barreling through Cook County this week, and it ain't stopping, baby. We have now learned that according to the latest filings with the Illinois State Board of Elections, Mr. Conway has received an additional $650,000 in campaign cash from his billionaire father, of course. It's bro daddy. Bro daddy. Bro daddy, Bill Conway <laughs> Sr. Bro daddy. Yeah, the hefty donation comes. Isn't through. that a song? No. Oh. The hefty donation comes three months after William Conway gave $500,000 to his son's campaign to defeat Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox in the Democratic primary on March 17th. William Conway, a.k.a. Bro Daddy's donations to his son's campaign now totals at $1,150,000. Oh. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. Campaign records show that Bro Daddy's latest donation has helped his son raise $701,600 in just one week from November 8th to the 15th. And the last big donation Fox received uh, was from businessman Elsie Higginbottom. So oh, Elsie Higginbottom. Man. Used to be one of my bosses. Well, that's a Kim Fox update there. Yeah, Elsie Higginbottom used to own the Chicago Reader. Now, on Thursday, we heard the latest campaign ad from Conway, an ad reminding us of the time that Kim Fox kept the $30,000 in campaign contributions from a 2016 fundraiser hosted by the now indicted 14th Ward Alderman, a.k.a. the guy who shook down a Burger King in his ward, <laughs> Ed Burke. Would that be Ed Burke? That'd okay. be Ed Burke. Oh, right. Burger King Burke. <laughs> Burger King Burke. And state's attorney... Uh, Have it your way. You know, is Kim, that, wait, is that Burger King or McDonald's? That's Burger King. Oh, thank you. Oh, you remembered something. <laughs> way to go, Penny J. Have it your way. And then there's like, you could have the cheese or not the cheese. Ed Burke had it his way. Uh, give me the campaign money. <laughs> and some chicken nuggets. All right. <laughs> That's your guy, Chicago, Ed Burke. So, yeah, state's attorney Kim Fox hasn't necessarily made the wisest political decisions. Obviously, there is uh, that mishandling of the Jesse Smollett case. And with this Burke ad, uh, Fox kind of pitched Bill the Bro a giant softball there. And please don't get me started on how much bros love softball. Yeah, I'm not even sure what a bro is. I I'm know. really struggling with that one. I'm really trying to, I was asking you and Miles to help me out. We gave you answers. What's the difference between a bro and a hipster? A bro and a, oh, well, I said it the other day, uh, a bro makes sure to bathe every day. Okay. Hipster will skip a shower every now and again. You know what I mean? Well, that sounds about right. How does a, okay, here we go. How would a bro uh, respond to the alligator in uh, the Humble Park Lagoon? How would a bro respond to the alligator in the Humble Park Lagoon? Oh, man. Man, that'd be a, that's a great business opportunity. <laughs> and how would a hipster respond to the uh, alligator uh, in the Lincoln, uh, the Humble Park Lagoon? Oh, well, I'll tell you. Hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. This is how they'd respond. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. See the distinction? Okay, just like a mellower thing. Uh, which one is more likely to smoke reefer? Both of them. Okay. In, 20, in 2020, both of them. All right. Uh, so, and, and again, I stand by what I say. You know, I was roundly criticized on this yesterday. I'm taking the strong stands. Bros like Hootie and the Blowfish. All right. There we go. Hootie and the Brofish. All right. Uh, Dragon Slayer 19. What's up, man? He says, Dennis is a bro. Ben is a hipster. <laughs> hey, I bathe every now and then. All right. What are you saying? I smell? <laughs> but hey, good news, Kim Fox fans. The incumbent. Came back with a new campaign ad of her own on Thursday. <sighs> okay. Ben, tell us your thoughts of uh, yesterday's ad well, on. I'm going to uh, tell you Ed my Burke. thoughts. I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to talk to Ramon Hussein about this at greater length. I do not understand, uh, it, in all uh, deference uh, to uh, Bill Conway and his dad, I do not understand why they would choose this election of all elections uh, to introduce themselves to the voters of Cook County, City of Chicago. If you have political aspirations, I understand it. Um, let's just let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's an intelligent young man. 
He has a great resume. He uh, served our country. Uh, he, you know, went to law school. Smart guy, right? So, uh, and his father has money, and he's a Democrat. So he wants, he has a political future. It's like, he kind of reminds me in some ways of, of your favorite presidential candidate, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah, sure. Love him. He's great. I just do that. I'm sorry. I won't do that anymore. But anyway, he kind of reminds me of Pete Buttigieg, uh, very smart, young, uh, ambitious uh, politicians. And there's no problem with that. That's how you get ahead in this country. And I fully applaud them. Why would you run, having said all that, uh, for uh, against Kim Fox, knowing that you're not going to get black support in Cook County? or at the city of Chicago, that she's going to be the recipient of the black support uh, in the, this area, largely because she's been a champion of uh, alternative, alternative justice in our country, instead of just, in our city, excuse me, instead of just throwing people in jail uh, randomly, you, you try to avoid jail time. Uh, this is a movement that's developing throughout the country, not just in Cook County or Chicago. It's uh, a lot of activists in the Democratic Party believe it. Um, the black communities of Chicago have been uh, hit hardest by the war on drugs, the unfair war on drugs. We're moving away from the war on drugs, at least in the state of Illinois. We've legalized marijuana. Um, the opposition to Kim Fox is largely rooted in Donald Trump's base. White voters. It's a backlash to how she handled Smollett Gate. And Smollett Gate is rooted in all kinds of uh, symbolism having to do with Donald Trump. Uh, Justice Smollett made up a crime uh, allegedly perpetrated by a couple of Trump supporters. W weren't they wearing MAGA hats, D? So as soon as uh, he made up that crime, all the Trump supporters joined in in uh, supporting the investigation into Smollett Gate. And they turned against Eddie Johnson, who was the former police chief of the city of Chicago. They turned against Kim Fox. All right, so that's democracy. That's how it breaks out, uh, democratically speaking. But why would you join forces with them if you want a future in Cook County in Chicago politics? You see this is a racially divided issue. Why would you? I just don't understand. I don't know who gives the guy, the young man, advice. Uh, and uh, it just seems to me, just on the basics, this, this, this campaign will largely come down to sort of a symbolic referendum. Ramon Hussein has entered the room, so this is excellent because she can hear me uh, set up our discussion uh, for f that'll come to, uh, will take place in a little while. This election between Conway and Kim Fox has come down to, to more or less your opinion about Donald Trump. In the, just the most basic, general ways. I, would, I do not understand what advice he was getting. Of course, I never met him, uh, so he never came to me for advice. And he probably wouldn't take my advice if he came to me. I'm not sure any political, uh, young uh, political uh, wannabe would listen to me. But I just really do not understand the most basic, fundamental way. This is coming down to a race, which is essentially going to be about uh, your opinion of Donald Trump. That's basically what's at issue in the Kim Fox uh, re-election campaign. And I do not know why any Democrat would want to go into a race where it more or less looks like he's an ally of. Here's the latest <laughs> ad from Kim Fox. The tower I grew up in wasn't made of ivory. And poverty and gun violence weren't just on the news. I'm Kim Fox. And that's why my work as state's attorney has taken on violence and injustice. Putting more resources to prosecute violent crime and guns taking on the NRA and prioritizing justice reform, not jail time for minor offenses. For so many, it's crucial we get this work done. For me, it's personal we get it right. All right, that's Kim Fox. We're going to bring Ramana Hussein on after this break and get her talking about what she thinks uh, about that commercial. But we got to read our uh, live stream comments here. Remember, I said that when uh, JB Pritzker. What is JB Pritzker doing today? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We have a few people weighing in, and people also weighing in on the difference between a bro and a hipster. Please pay attention this time. Right, we were telling take, you yesterday. Look, I'm taking notes. Go. <laughs> All right, great. We're going to ask Romana what she, the difference between a bro and a hero. I'm going to put oh. that on my list. Wait, don't do it. I don't yet. think there's much difference, actually. All right, hold your thoughts. First we'll off, what J.B. Pritzker is doing today. Mm -hmm. Brianna in Chicago says uh, he's at Lowe's buying toilets. Okay, <laughs> Brianna. <laughs> Uh, the toilet gate jokes. <laughs> right. uh, that's left over from last year or two years ago. All right, I'm gonna keep the I'm gonna keep the question open. Uh, we got a lot of foul answers there. That I can't really say on the uh, program. So hey, uh, if you're if you're listening right now, tell us what you think. JB, no public events scheduled today for JB Pritzker. So help us out. What is JB Pritzker doing today? All right, now the difference between a hipster and a bro. All right. Mm. As we know, Bill the Bro Conway running for uh, Cook County State's Attorney. 
And uh, we've been just trying to figure this out. Brianna weighed in again here. She says, uh, bros have high-paying gigs, wear expensive shoes slash clothes, and buy all them high-rise apartments downtown. Ben and Dennis equal hipsters, <laughs> not bros. <laughs> I'm a hipster. I don't think, is there like an age limit on being a hipster? I'm too old for a hipster. I'm an oldster. So do you know or do you not know the I, difference between no, a hipster and a bro? I, I'm starting to see a distinction that people are making. I don't think they're that different. Uh, like uh, for me, uh, I buy uh, clothes at Goodwill. I get those clothes. Uh, maybe I am, am wearing uh, one of Bill Conway's shirts right now. <laughs> Bill Conway owned that shirt 10 years ago. Maybe. maybe. So uh, let's see here. Uh, they just have more facial hair, but it's kind of the same. Wait, time hipsters. out. Who? Hipsters? Hipsters. I can't bros. Don't bros have goatees? Okay. Bro tees. No, wait, time um, out. Aren't bros the ones that uh, this is something that guy. Okay. Help me out, uh, Romana. American Idol. The guy who's the sidekick who interviews people. I oh, never watched that show. I'm looking around. I mean, is his name Ryan? Oh, you're thinking of Ryan Seacrest? Yes. Okay. Isn't that a bro? Isn't that the quintessential bro? He's Am not I really bro. Livestream chat is Ryan Seacrest a bro? Weird. Yes or yeah, no? Yeah, he has that like <laughs> bros. They don't. You're thinking clean shaven. They no, 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 no. Are... no, 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 no. Bros. Okay, here's the thing that bros do. Instead of growing a full beard, what they do is they have this look that looks like it's a beard, but it's not really a beard. And so it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm just a manly guy. And my, my hair grows in. And, oh, boy, uh, Secrets has that. D, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's not a beard, but it's like stubble. It's not. It's like a little beyond stubble. You know who else does it? I think the guy's talented. Uh, uh, Paul Rudd. He does, He's... Is it Paul Rudd a hip a bro? Yes, he's, he's more of a hipster bro. Shout out to KMA. I, th I think it's best you just give up. Uh, KMA Barry has weighed in. He said JB Pritzker is at home striving for perfection. I'm not a perfect person. That's excellent. And he also said that JB Pritzker, we're getting some ones that aren't so foul mouthed. Uh, he also says that JB Pritzker is trying to milk that butter cow. It's the butter cow, which Don't has nine, do that with your hands. nine essential nutrients and milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. All right. What is Jamie Pritzker <laughs> doing right now? Weighing on the YouTube live stream chat. And we'll keep you posted on uh, our, our new character here on the Ben Jarofsky show. Bill the Bro Conway and Bro Daddy. Bill Conway Sr. We'll keep you posted on those stories as today's program rolls along. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky show live from the Chicago Sun-Times. The Ben Jarofsky Show is supported by Northwestern University's part-time master's program in literature and liberal studies. Students learn from dynamic and diverse faculty as they build advanced skills for critical analysis, writing, and research. Evening classes are held on Northwestern's Evanston and Chicago campuses. The spring quarter application deadline is January 15th. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash masters. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Romana has staying with me in the studio uh, every Friday. It's the Romana Rundown. And uh, we're going to put aside our great debate on what's the difference between a bro and a hipster. Uh, although I stand by what I said, there's that style that bros have where they want to look as though... And it's nothing wrong with the style. I'm not making fun of the style. They're just more clean cut. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about where they kind of like grow the face, the hair. You're talking about the meticulous facial hair where they have a goatee, but it's not a regular goatee, but it's really close to the face and it's like geometrical. It's oh, not all, not all bros. Okay, now uh, there is a look. 
If you're talking about that five o'clock shadow yeah, look. But they want to have the five o'clock shadow at like eight in the morning. <laughs> okay. Right. So well, that we, is a bro thing. We got right. someone on the line who may be able to help us uh, find out what is the difference <laughs> between a hipster and a bro. Uh, is he a hipster? Is he a bro? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll find oh, out. I can look at them and. You know, <laughs> it's our Just, good. Women are harder to deduce. It's our good friend Pat Whalen on the line. He ha- he wants to tell us about a show he has tonight. Pat, are you there? I'm I'm here, and you know I've I've been called a lot uh, a lot of worse things than a broster, but uh, I'm I, I think I, I walk that line. I'm right in the middle. You know, I got I, I have an 8 a.m. shadow at 5 p.m. is how I play it. It's a little different. It's a, all right, Pat. Uh, tell people what you got going tonight. It's a it's a big deal in my humble opinion. Oh, God. it is tonight. It's Ben. It's tonight. Uh, oh my! Oh my God! Uh, okay. Well, you know, for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm Pat Whalen. I host Good Evening with Pat Whalen, where Chicago's only late night talk show news alternative. And and what that means is something that we're we're going to explore a little further tonight on Can TV. So this is public access television. They have cameras. They have microphones. It's it's very exciting. And even more exciting is this uh, excellent lineup of guests returning to the Good Evening stage, even though it's a different stage. I digress. C.J. Run, uh, an excellent uh, performer, rapper, uh, activist. Uh, you, you can look uh, their uh, feature that came out in the Chicago Tribune uh, in 2019. And I'll also be joined for an interview with Alderman Andre Vasquez of the Chicago City Council. Uh, it's going to be an hour-long show. We'll be on all the Can TV channels. We'll be streaming on Facebook. We'll be streaming on their website. And uh, we'll also be live. And I think there are a couple seats left. If anyone wants to send an email to rsvp at cantv.org, we're happy to accommodate as many as we can while keeping the fire marshal happy. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, Ben. There's a lot going on. And all i got to say is the 7 p.m. start time means one thing. Ben Jarofsky's coming on the show in the near future. All right, and uh, Romana Hussein will be on. I'm going to encourage you to have R- Romana and Mick Dumkey uh, as a political tag team. They're a lot of fun to have on together. Romana Hussein and Mick Dumkey, uh, her husband, who's not a hipster. Uh, and uh, so, Oh, yes, he is. Uh, ah. uh, so do you need a ticket to get in, uh, Pat? Do you need to have a ticket in advance to get into the show? You get your ticket uh, through said email, and uh, that, that address, again, is RSVP at cantv.org and uh, they will send you an email back that says you are good to go uh we you know we might be passing a bucket for a suggested donation tonight but you know this first one is on the house we we just want to see how it goes and how many folks we can get to come down to 1309 southwood roughly at roosevelt and ashland to join us for episode 42 the special televised edition of good evening with pat Whale with alderman andre vasquez and cj run Tonight at 7 p.m., don't you know? I got to set my TiVo. I got to find my TiVo first, but uh, we're going to make that happen. All right. Thank you very much, Pat. And that's Pat Whaley. He's been on the show a few more than a few times. And best of luck to you. Break a leg, as they say. And, and I do hope that Romana Saint and McDumkey make that show sometime because they're pretty funny when they're together. All right, Romana, uh, let's get down to business. Um, Wow, where do I start with this one? Uh, a little seri- more serious tone. Two uh, rape cases. Uh, in politics emerging at the same time, not getting a whole lot of attention, uh, not the attention they uh, they warrant. One uh, has to do in Illinois, uh, having to do with uh, an email that Michael McLean wrote. Mike McLean, who was a, a confidant, a former aide and ally of uh, House Speaker Michael uh, Joseph Madigan and the other, dealing with the President of the United States. Um, pretty serious accusation of rape against the president of the United States getting almost no attention. So why don't we start with the president of the United States. Uh, e. Jean Carroll uh, has accused the president of rape, and there was a development on this case uh, this week. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, E. Jean Carroll is an advice columnist for Elle magazine, which I have been subscribing for since the mid-90s, full-time subscriber. Um, and... Basically, they were in the, one of the first magazines, I think, that featured women of color. Like, they kept consistently. But anyway, I get the magazine, so I definitely knew who she was when the allegations came out. Uh, I think she wrote an essay, or was it an excerpt from the book that came out where she talked about the different men in her life that were jerks? And then she mentioned that she was sexually assaulted by the president of the now president of the United States, Donald Trump in the mid nineties. And I think it was in a department store, yes. mm-hmm. Bergdorf Goodman, mm-hmm. I think. In um, yeah. New York. Um, I don't know. Some people, I know store, but I don't think they have one in Chicago anyway. 
so she, um, Donald Trump basically denied that this happened. He denied the allegations. And so she in November filed a defamation lawsuit saying that his denials are hurt. It's hurting her career and hurting reputation, her reputation. So yesterday, was it yesterday in state Supreme Court in Manhattan, the judge basically rejected Donald Trump's like lawyer's um, motion to mm-hmm. like, drop the case, I yeah. believe, was it to drop the case? Dismiss and, the case. Yeah, dismiss the case. Uh, the argument was that he didn't live in New York at the time, and he hasn't lived in New York, or didn't live in New York at the time, or didn't live in New York at the time the allegations were made. Yes. And I thought it was interesting that the judge basically mentioned Donald Trump's Twitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twitter activity and basically said he didn't he besides just saying that he didn't you know do it or just like this this whatever the lawyer said he said uh, I think he is it a she yeah it was a she, she. It was the she, judge was a woman um, that Donald Trump um, didn't not even had a tweet much a less of an affidavit so I think the case is still pending yeah, the now case in court and more. then apparently there's a reading the article that you sent me from the New York Times um, the there is another defamation lawsuit by a woman who said that she was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. So there's two pending cases yeah. of defamation against Donald Trump, and they're still pending yeah. right now. So it's pretty interesting. And then E.G. Carroll did tweet. She wrote, we move ahead. Yeah, I think we, it was all in all caps. Well, uh, yeah, so what happened was uh, Donald Trump's uh, denial went as typical Donald Trump. We, I talked earlier at the start of the show about the campaign rally he had yesterday uh, in Ohio. I think it was yesterday where he felt compelled not just to justify uh, uh, assassinating the uh, top general in Iran, but to mock any congressperson. It's Iran, by the way. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I corrected uh, someone earlier this week. I was laughing wait, about it. Uh, what's, what, what did I say? Iran. Iran. Uh, it's okay. So, Most people... Th- so in other words, so wait, so Iran, uh, so he he um, said it's uh, that he has the right to assassinate the general. Uh, he has the right to assassinate pretty much any leader he, he wants to assassinate uh, if he views it as a, a danger, a detrimental to uh, the United States uh, interests. And if you dare to disagree with him, he will mock you and make fun of you. Uh, and so uh, that's his attitude about uh, congressional critics of his foreign policy. Uh, when it came to E. Jean Carroll, he did not only just uh, deny that her allegations that he had raped her, but he mocked her and made fun of her yeah. and uh, said, she's not even the type of woman that I would be attracted to, as though as he would have raped somebody if he was attracted to them. So this is the president of the United States yeah. responding to a very serious allegation uh, against him. Uh, regarding sexual assault and uh, she that was the basis for her filing the defamation suit yeah uh, because she he completely trivialized her mocked her maligned her uh, and Trump's response, you're, as you pointed out, was, well, it wasn't to deal with the, the merits of her accusation. It was a technical thing. Like, I was literally not yeah. in the state of Illinois, uh, New York when I said those things. She filed the case in New York. So, therefore, if I wasn't in the state, you, it doesn't. It was on a technicality yes. that, he, that his lawyer filed this lawsuit. It's interesting. I think, I think um, she did talk about the allegations in, a magaz- in the magazine in a follow-up. Like, you know, before she answered, you know, you know, readers, you know, um, letters, I yeah. think there was some little blurb that she had. It was really short, but I remember her talking about it. Um, so what do you I had think? to explain to my husband who she was because he didn't know who she was. It's probably the first. Yeah, I always like know like Wait. personalities and celebrity and. But he knew about stuff. the accusation. He knew about the accusations, yeah. but I was telling him, oh, yeah, Eugene Jean Carroll writes for this column that I write. I uh, read magazine. I read. So. Then we have the situation that developed yesterday. We talked a lot about it. Dan Mialopoulos was on the show uh, from WBEZ. Uh, Mike Mc- Actually, that interview will air tomorrow, right? Dave was a bonus. So um, uh, Mike McClain, a former confidant uh, to House Speaker Michael Madigan, uh, made reference to a rape in Champaign uh, that nobody, as far as I know, nobody knew about. Uh, and the allegation in the uh, email uh, or the, the, the statement in the email that he said was that uh, uh, top aides to Pat Quinn should give a break to uh, some unknown bureaucrat uh, in the Quinn administration who had done, gotten in trouble, but we should give him leniency because he helped cover up this rape in Champagne. Champagne. And now. Yeah. And then there were some um, 
some talk about ghost payrolling, mm-hmm. I believe so too. Um, so WBZ broke the story. I believe they got the letter or got a hold of the letter the and um, it was an email, sorry. Um, yeah, it's 2020. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, yesterday the latest was that uh, House Speaker Mike Madigan said he's not going to convene a special committee. So there's some back and forth on that. And uh, it's just, and, and then Pr- Governor Pritzker was asked about it and he said that he did not hear about any sort of rape in Champaign and that, you know, they turned all over this information to the proper authorities. That's the latest that we've heard, but nobody's nobody's saying anything else right now. Well, one thing it's a lot I, of yeah, go ahead. One thing I will note, and I I'm just pointing this out: uh, the different reactions that Democrats and Republicans have to accusations of rape. Mm-hmm. At least there's two very powerful figures in their own realm. One more powerful than the other. Obviously, you have Donald Trump, the leader of the free world, president of the United States, and the the absolutely controls the Republican Party. And uh, you have a man who is a former uh, confidant or aide or whatever, an ally of Michael Joseph Madigan, who's perhaps the second most powerful Democrat in the state of Illinois. The Democrats at least pretend they're taking it seriously. They send out uh, statements uh, calling for an investigation. Uh, Republicans completely ignore the allegation that E. Jean Carroll has made. But it doesn't it matter? Doesn't it depend on who is getting accused of the sexual assault? Because Bill Bill Clinton, when he was accused of sexual harassment, weren't the Republicans all like, yes. "Yeah, let's get them"? And then wasn't during the debates between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, weren't some women who accused Bill Clinton Absolutely. of rape or brought to One brought woman. in the audience and sat there? <laughs> so and then they had a press conference. Yeah. So I think it depends on who the accuser is. So, so I think with this case, it's it's like we don't know that much about what the allegations are in in this alleged rape that happened in Champaign. Mm-hmm. I think if we knew more, it would be interesting to see what the reaction is between the two sides. Well, at least the Democrats, let me put it to you this way. At least the Democrats are willing to call for an investigation. I can't think of any Republican anywhere who's calling for an investigation. Well, it wasn't the, the House d- Republican Jim Durkin saying, oh, we need a committee. So that's what I'm just saying. Like he's saying we need he's saying that we need investigation. I don't know what is, you know, or we need the committee to be investigating. this. Yeah. He, so. uh, Jim Durkin says that we need a committee to investigate the uh, allegations. allegations. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. We'll break that one down a little bit. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I trust me. I know. Uh, I, Jim Durkin is the uh, Senate uh, uh, Republican, excuse me, the House Republican leader, uh, and he's calling for an investigation uh, into uh, the issues raised in by the revelation of Mike McLean's email. Uh, and Michael Madigan says it's too sensitive to have a committee hearing, uh, presuming that uh, allegations of rape yeah. uh, would be too sensitive uh, to, to address in a committee hearing, which is an interesting thought we'll put that as let's take that well okay yeah you're let's just assume that it is too sensitive to have an open hearing about that although we i don't know we we just had the kavanaugh hearings last year Mm -hmm. so uh but then uh uh, durkin followed by saying oh what about ghost payroll exactly Yeah. yeah so yeah that was pretty interesting and i have to say that i got most of my information i know dan miopoulos did the story but uh the original story but i did get most of my information from tina svandalis and did you know tina this is a side note tina and dan are cousins by some some like they did some DNA testing and they found out they're related. I so did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. I did know Things that. Things I learned. So, uh, yeah. Tina yesterday told me I, was, I, I pronounced Dan Miahopoulos' name wrong. So oh, I'm just letting you know wait. you're not the only one so who pronounces. I mispronounced his name. <laughs> I mispronounced Iran. I always, how do you pronounce D-E-S-P-L-A-I-N-E-S? Displains. Okay. You just mispronounced that name. Well, how, okay. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Clem Bellnoff in the studio. He's and, saying, yeah, man, fr- I took French. <laughs> I took French at Bowen High School. Okay. I know how to pronounce Deplay. <laughs> <laughs> well, frequent frequent um, guest Samina Mustafa who comes here when we're younger and we, you know, we, she goes, you know, it's actually not Devon Avenue. It's Devon. That's how, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I'm like, well, we call it Devon. I'm always mispronouncing everything uh, and getting called on it for, but I just, uh, and then there's my favorite. Here we go. G O E T H E. 
Oh, that's Gertha, right? Gertha or? I'm looking at Clem Balanoff. He's a distinguished graduate of Bowen High School. Is it Gertha? <laughs> I'd say it's Gertha. He says, hey, man, Clem. <laughs> he knows it's Gertha. I'm just, I'm alerting people to the fact that Clem is in the studio. He brought in Larry Conner, uh, who's going to be our next guest. But uh, anyway. It's, hey, but way it, to talk to people without microphones on the program. I that's know, awesome. Oh, where did you get those buttons? Just keep going. All right. <laughs> uh, go Ethy, Gertha. Anyway, all right. Enough on pronunciations. Uh, I still believe that there's a basic difference between the way Democrats and Republicans respond to accusations of rape. And uh, it's not doesn't seem to be a big issue in the Republican Party, that is for sure. Uh, Democrats are struggling with how they proceed. And you're absolutely correct. In 1990s, Democrats should be ashamed of themselves for the way they buried all allegations against Bill Clinton because they thought it was far more important. I think it depends. Remember the Anita Hill's hearings? Joe Biden was part of the committee and kind of dismissed Anita Hill. Kinda, you could I know it did, it did. Sentence. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I think I think a lot of women would disagree with you. Not saying it's a Democrat or Republican thing. Well, I think it depends on the situation. No, what I'm saying, and I think is, it's changed. The tide has definitely changed. I don't know if you saw Harvey Weinstein. His trial started. He came in a walker, and if you saw that, I did see that. But um, you know, people are talking about it a lot more. But you know, sexual harassment has been a problem for years and has been hidden by doesn't matter what political background people had for years. Absolutely. But so. I do believe that the Democratic Party in its own clumsy way is trying to deal with it. After all, Franken stepped down as senator of Minnesota. And in, in contrast, uh, what was Roy Moore ran as the Republican standard bearer for Senate in uh, Alabama. So I do believe that Democrats are struggling with it. But you're absolutely correct. Uh, the Democrats in the 90s with Clinton, a shame, shame on all of them. Although it's a t that's a tough struggle. How would you have gone in the 90s uh, if you were a Democrat? Would you have voted to impeach Bill Clinton uh, based on the evidence against him? Or would you have said, no, it's not worthy of impeachment? I don't know. I think, he, I think he deserved the criticism and the, I think, scrutiny was definitely needed if if i don't remember what what came to impeachment i remember just being a young journalist and just reading about it but i should have read about it more but i i i think it, that was political too like the democrats are obviously i think it's a completely different situation <laughs> with donald trump i think more people would be like yes i think donald trump need the impeachment hearings need to be taken place with him but I have to. Admit. I, I think I think a lot of things that Bill Clinton is accused of. Um, I think a lot of women do have problems with. I can tell you that much. Well, and I think if it was today, I bet a lot of Democrat and a lot of female lawmakers would think differently. The squad I, definitely would might have say that he needs to be impeached. Yeah. I think. You no, know, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, the senator of New York, uh, came out with a statement that said uh, he should have been impeached. This, uh, she said that earlier, and there was a, a lot of uh, blowback about that. But back in the 90s, Democrats, and I could tell you this, uh, Romana, because I was one of them, I was like, oh, this is unfair. You know, they're just trying to knock down Bill Clinton. Uh, I think people have evolved to a certain degree on this issue. Uh, and uh, well, we'll see how it plays out here in Illinois. All right. Uh, Smollett Gate update. We've been having a lot of fun yeah. uh, teasing Bill Conway as a bro. Uh, but this, you and I talk about Jesse Smollett and the update. Yeah. Uh, what's the update? The latest is that uh, there's a special prosecutor that's been assigned to the case to see how Kim Fox's office handled Jesse Smollett and the prosecution and his eventual the eventual dismissal of the charges against him. Jesse Smollett, if those of you who don't remember, is accused of was accused of um, faking a hate crime and saying that he was attacked by these um, Donald Trump supporters. Well, they were wearing MAGA hats. That's what he said. But it, it, according to what police were saying is that he made up the whole attack, wanted to get more fame. And he was an actor that was on Empire. I think that's the last season this year or maybe it's done. I don't know. Anyway, um, the charges are dropped, and then there's a special prosecutor that's looking into the case. His name Dan Webb. I shouldn't say his name is Dan Webb. It's Dan Webb. And he basically, the latest is that he is seeking access to Jesse Smollett's um, emails, drafts, deleted messages, and even his search history and location data for Google. So I think the warrant was signed by Judge Michael Tuman. So it's interesting that he's looking for, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff. 
if if you know once we get more once you know we get a handle of what exactly was said what was discussed and we i don't know if you remember but you yes obviously do remember but there was a former um, michelle obama aide that was involved in you know a phone call that was made to kim fox before you know the allegations that jesse smollett was lying came out when he was considered a considered a victim yeah Mm -hmm. i forgot her name for a second so um the judge signed off on the warrant and this is for information google information between november 1st 2018 and november 1st 2019 Mm -hmm. so that covers time before the attack which happened in january 2018 if i'm not um, mistaken and then up until like just a few months ago so it should be interesting yeah this, this, be, this is this will definitely be interesting uh this will be i think i think definitely. i think there'll be a lot of things that come out that we know or that we've been you know people have been alleging but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what sort of information comes out because the alleg what the uh, um, prosecutors were saying is that so he jesse smollett had two personal trainers um that worked in chicago with him when he was here and there are two brothers, and the allegations are that he had them, you know, kind of help him stage the attack. And they to- they told, this is what they told police, and that's kind of like what cracked the case. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there's going to be text exchanges between him and uh, these two brothers, and then we're, or Google, you know, things that he was looking up, or information about maybe Tina Chen, um, information that he gave to his manager, who knows but it should be definitely interesting. We, I know, I remember the day that we got this story. Um, this is actually reported by the Tribune first, so we do have to give them credit. We're chasing the story after they... Do you know who broke it from the Tribune? Megan Crapeau and, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Jeremy Gorner. Mm-hmm. I just saw him at a party a couple of weeks ago. I shouldn't, shouldn't know his name. But anyway, um, those two had wrote the story and we saw it, so we're chasing it. And so I did have another reporter called Google in California. They didn't return our calls, but we're thinking they most likely will turn they have to turn it over right because if it's a, i don't know the president of the united states says he doesn't <laughs> have to turn over documents that are uh, uh subpoenaed by congress so it'd be interesting if yeah, google has interesting. to re- you know respond uh, i would think they would i think andy grimm who wrote our story talked mm-hmm. to a um, legal expert who's also a lawyer and he said that it's most likely they they probably will Mm. Again, this isn't the case. It's not the case of the century. It's what people want to look into to see what happened at the state's attorney's office where Jesse Smollett was charged and then had the charges automatically dropped at his first court appearance after he was charged. Yeah, no. The, as we uh, we say, this this is one that's not going anywhere. No. Particularly with the uh, uh, the state's attorney's race coming up in March, where uh, uh, Kim Fox is being challenged. I think there's three people challenging her. Uh, they will, will be raising this, uh, and then the Republicans will have a candidate in November. They think they could defeat uh, Kim Fox. I stand by my prediction, Ramon. I do not think uh, Kim Fox can be defeated. I agree. On this issue. I think. I think. Sh- I don't know if I was going to bet. <laughs> I would say that she's going to be state's attorney again Absolutely. for her second term. You cannot win. Uh, essentially, it comes as a symbolic race. Uh, if you're for for better or for worse, uh, the pe- the forces allied against um, uh, Kim Fox are linked to Donald Trump. That's not going to get you very far in Cook County or the city of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before I let you go and I bring on our next guest who we're here wait, uh, uh, waiting to come on and talk politics, Ramana's recommendations. What do you got for us? Um, I watched Little Women last week. I know you did, too. We, I almost came to the theater that you were watching it at, but we ended up watching. It was either Uncut Gems or Little Women. And Mick and I were having dinner in Evanston, and I'm like, well, we can eat really fast and get uncut gems, which I know he was dying to see. But I'm like, well, there's a night. And he's like, we're not going to eat that fast. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like, well, then there's a nine o'clock, nine thirty at <laughs> Village Crossing. Yeah. Or we can go to nine o'clock Little Women. And I was like, I'm not dying to see it, but I heard it's really good. So I, I went and saw it. I liked it. I, I read the book. It's I was telling Mick said that he never read the book, which I think is interesting because he reads a lot. And I told him, I think when I was 12, I was in India and I was in the house where my mom grew up and a cousin of mine who's the same age as me, he gave me the book. He's like, I think you really like it. So I remember reading it in India and I told Mike, I'm like, I don't know if I finished it, but I remember loving, I mean, every young woman that read that book identifies with Joe. Mm-hmm, the writer. They, they <laughs> like, they, they love it. And, and then after we saw the movie, Mick's like, wow, you should, you should, he's like a day later, he's like, I forgot to tell you, you should write a story. Because, you know, he sees me. I have two other sisters and a brother. And so he's just like, oh, I need to write well, something you, about you and your siblings. Do you remember the 94 movie? 
Yes. At all with, yeah, uh, and Mick never saw that either. Wow. He he doesn't know anything about he didn't yeah. know anything about Little Women. Yeah. So I told him it's a little there's they she took a little liberty in it. Um, from what I remember, but yeah, Winona Ryder was Joe. Claire Danes yeah. was in it. She was Beth. For um, ten trivia points, who played Laurie? Laurie, oh, um, Christian Bale. Very good. Uh, wow. Now, a little known fact: uh, uh, Clem Balinoff, huge fan of the 1994 movie, does not really like. The- <laughs> Just teasing Clem Bell. He was the one who just escorted our next guest in. I can't. Just seeing Clem brings back memories. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I love the movie. Um, and uh, I know there's this, for some reason, there's this uh, revolt against it on the internet by men. I don't understand what that's all about. Well, yeah. Well, I think that's why Mick never saw the 94 version. Because I told him, I go, most guys aren't going to go watch Little Women. You know, they don't want to watch a movie about young women. I don't know why. I saw, I saw that. And I, and I, I saw I, the I Catherine did. Hepburn version, which was in 1930s. I never saw that one. Yeah. I did tell Mick. I go, well, you know, I know there's a backlash of, like, women of color who feel like, oh, do we have to see another movie with a bunch of white women? Yeah. I admit, I'm not saying that. I don't feel, and then, you know, when we saw, like, the one one or two black, black people in the movie, Mick nudges me. He goes, oh, there's see? a person of color. And I go, yeah, they're, like, the help or something. But All right. I saw it. It's a great flick. I urge everybody to see it. But I'm telling you, Romana uncut gems two thumbs way up do you want to see it yeah i urge everybody to see and adam do, sandler is we, awesome we don't have time to talk about the golden globes but I, I i wanted to tell you i thought i didn't i wasn't offended by ricky gervais's comments like some people were but i thought he was kind of funny because i think i usually don't find him that funny i think he's kind of annoying sometimes and i didn't like anybody's dress nobody's dress really wowed me so uh, what about J-Lo? I love the way J-Lo dresses, but I didn't like the way um, her dress looked like a Christmas present. Yeah, and I like and I tweeted that yeah. and your favorite comedian, Tiffany Haddish, retweeted that or liked it. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't she, that she, cool? liked some cool. of, she liked some of my comments. Uh, man, you should start doing that. Get someone to retweet something. I, you say. Man, I, if it's, I'm, when, when Romana told me that today, we were, pro- I'm like, Tiffany Addis. And she, it's true. I love Tiffany. I just, I just saw uh, Black Mitzvah, which is her Netflix comedy special. I urge everybody to watch that. She's yeah. She's hilarious. Jewish. I was reading an interview with her and she was talking about how she's going to have a bomb mitzvah. She did have herself. one. Yeah. Yeah. I was unfortunately not invited, but uh, it's, it's very funny. I've always I've been a big fan of hers for a long time, and uh, when when I heard Romana got retweeted, but I was like, oh man, I've never been liked, not retweeted, but oh. liked. Oh, she liked man. three of my comments. Well, Ben's never had either. Been <laughs> in that I've one. I've never tweeted anything. Uh, anyway, all right. Oh, you, but you have a. So you're saying that you have somebody else deals yeah, with their Twitter duh. handle? Yeah. Because they're that important. <laughs> no, <laughs> because they make me have a Twitter thing. Anyway, next um, time I think we should have a d- discussion about bros and hipsters. Yeah, I have a lot to say about that. I, I think yeah. we should dedicate the whole half hour to yes. the bros versus hipsters. We yeah. have uh, some live stream comments here uh, helping us out more. I'm going to be reading those a little later on. All right, well, we'll see uh, what our next guests uh, uh, have to say about bros versus hipsters. If they weigh into that, we're going to be uh, shifting gears, talking a lot about uh, Bernie in Iowa and cool. the upcoming uh, uh, presidential election. Anyway, oh, your girl dropped out of the race. Marianne, Marianne Williamson. Williamson. Yep, that was my update there. She, yep, Marianne oh, Williamson is wow. dropped. That's, I was, that's why I was looking for oh, the Oh, sorry, did I... Did did I, I oh, that's fine. That's no, fine. where's my button? I, was that supposed to be a surprise Remember for Ben? Yeah. Ben, what are you doing with those buttons? Oh, uh, yeah. That's what it was. I so, can't okay, find wait, it. You know, uh, I, uh, we now share this studio with Fran. She does her podcast out of here. Uh, so Dennis cleans up, or makes me clean up everything. So the <laughs> buttons, I used to have all these buttons here. Oh, like we got some good ones here. Check this button out. Nothing to do with Marianne Williamson, but... It's been a while. Wait, where's our Bert? Oh, here you go. We got some Bernie bros in the studio. All right. Hey, here's a flashback. I don't think you'll like that one. Uh, Hillary and Kane. (laughs) Remember that guy, Kane? Tim Kane. Oh, I Ramada, do. I know you were really motivated to vote in 2016 when she picked Tim Kane as her running. All right, enough throwing buttons at me. Uh, Marion <laughs> Williamson is out of the race. We have uh, Peter Jenko coming in with his mystery guest. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen. 
listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F, M as in Mary, A-N as in Nancy, U-E-L-P-I-A-N-I-S-T.com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. 